Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, author and teacher Rob Linstead will help us better understand the book of Revelation. A new year means new opportunities to meet you in person at one of our upcoming events. When you visit the events page of our website, swrc.com, you'll find our schedule, complete with speakers and topics. We have events this year in Wichita, Kansas, Tri-Cities, Tennessee, and Gettysburg. Our first event of the new year will take place February 16th and 17th in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Is America in Bible prophecy? Find out from Donald Perkins. The latest details on the march toward a one-world system will be revealed. Biblical mysteries will be uncovered. And you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the invisible war on the saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Tickets for this special event are free, but seating is limited. So don't be left behind. Register today. Thank you for joining me today. You know, a couple couple weeks ago, I'm going to say we started a, a study of a very important part of uh, the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 10 through 14. And we called it the battle for dominion. And then what happened was Kronovitz began breaking in, in the Middle East. And, uh, and so we had to take a break from our Bible study. But I want to go back because uh, as I read the Bible daily and as I think about current events that are taking place daily, I see how important it is for us to understand the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a book in the Bible that many people avoid. And we're not doing a, so much a verse by verse, but there's a section of it that I think has been neglected. And I think if people understand that section, they're going to understand what is taking place today. And so really, if we could have designed a, a perfect time to begin that study, it would have been exactly when we did it, because the current events that were taking place showed the relevance of this important book. And so we're going to review that because it's been a, a week or two, and, um, and then we're going to make some new ground. But if you have your Bibles, you might go with me to Revelation chapter 10 through 14. And you know, I'm a school teacher by training. And so I'm going to say sometime in the next couple of days, why don't you read through Revelation 10 through 14? And that might even help us as we look at the overall understanding of this wonderful book. I think that it's really the, the battle for dominion. And if you go back to, to Revelation chapter 1, it's interesting to, to see how this book begins. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must come shortly to pass. He sent and signified by his angel and unto his servant John. So you can just see the, 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 the passing down of this. It's interesting that, that really in this book, it says that God shows eight times it says to show. And so isn't it strange that people would avoid studying the book of Revelation? They say it's too complicated or it's, it's scary or it's mysterious. Well, God wrote it to show. And so right away he says, which God gave unto Jesus to show unto his servants things must, which must come shortly. That's why I think that we're in the dispensation in which Christ will come. I think the end of this dispensation, the Lord will come for the believers. And so when they come to the Revelation Notice also it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And some of you might even have a Bible that, that if you look at the little subtitle, it's, it says the revelation of St. John the Divine. Well, 
That's not really what the Bible says. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here's the point of this wonderful book. The point is to reveal Christ in all of his glory and all of his beauty and all of his power and all of his majesty. To reveal means to, to pull back the cover, to show. And so know this, that really while it does talk about future events, while it does talk about uh, disasters that are going to come. It talks about the wrath of God being poured out. The overall purpose of this book is to reveal who Jesus Christ is. And believe me, he has glory and he has beauty and he has power and he has majesty. And this book is going to tell how that's going to be displayed to all the world. And by the time he's done, every single living creature will understand how wonderful Jesus Christ is, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so now, let's look at this idea of the battle for dominion. And, and we're going to jump to, to this little review. In Revelation 6 through 9, remember there was, there was quite a scene because in heaven there was a seal. Uh, in this scroll that was sealed with seven seals, I think it's the title deeds of the earth. And so with this seal, it's given to the Lamb. Now, how did that take place? Well, chapter 5 it said that here's God the Father, and he has a seal. And, and with his scroll, I should say the scroll, and, and no man was found worthy to open it. And so at first John wept, and, and one of them in heaven said, no, don't weep because we found one who is worthy. And he described him. He doesn't say him by name, but he's going to describe him. He says this, that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of David. He's the one that was uh, always in the midst of the elders and in the midst of the four living creatures. And he's a lamb that had been slain or crucified and it also resurrected. I, I only know of one person that fits that description. It's Jesus Christ. So God the Father gives this scroll to Jesus Christ. The title deeds of the earth. The owner of it. You see, this idea of dominion is, is so important. That's why we, we can't miss this, this uh, event that takes place. So God the Father, God the Father gives the title deeds of the earth to Jesus Christ. But guess who wants them? Satan wants them. The devil wants them. And so that's how come there's this battle for dominion. And so now when he gets this scroll, typically sealed with seven seals, and I, I showed you an example of one that I had the other day. And uh, so the first seal is open. And when that first seal is open, now the tribulation's on its way. And by the way, when the first seal is open and there are seven seals, and when you open the seventh seal, now there's seven trumpets that make announcements. And when you toot the seventh horn, now there's seven bowls. So altogether, there's 21 judgments. This is the first. The very first one, he breaks the seal. And the first thing that happens, chapter 6, verse 1, the Antichrist comes. And the whole tribulation is now on the way. Now, if we go a little further uh, in, in comparison to this, Daniel chapter 7, there's, there's a wonderful story there. And it fits in so well with what we're studying here in Revelation that I want to go back and, and uh, take just a moment to look at it again. Because, again, sometimes I study things after I, we do our, our lesson. And I think, wow, I wish I would have mentioned that. And so this is one of those passages because in Daniel chapter 7, here's a story and it talks about, it says, I beheld till the throne was placed and, and the ancient of days did sit. 
and describes his garments, white, as white as snow, his hair, like pure wool. You see, his hair was white, like pure wool. It, it's not old, but it was pure. Uh, you look at my hair, and it's old. But God's hair, it's white, it's, it's pure. Okay. His throne was like the f uh, flaming fire, his wheels as burning fire, and so on and so on. And then it says this, that, that all of heaven worshipped him, and they, they saw him as this burning flame and this, this great holiness. Then it says, verse 13, I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him, and there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed. So here's this verse. You see that what Daniel saw all the way back, I'm talking now 2,500 years ago. 2,500 years ago, Daniel saw the scene that we just looked at in Revelation 5 and 6. God the Father on the throne gives the title deed of the earth to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ opens it, and when he does, now the Antichrist begins his devilish work. In Daniel, it describes the same scene, identical scene, it says it was given unto him dominion. It was given unto Jesus Christ dominion. All people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting. Once it begins, there's no end to it. Do you remember the story in Daniel where there was a, a great image that Daniel saw? And each of the, the kingdoms from, from Babylon down to the Merge and the uh, Persians and Medes and the Persians and, and Alexander the Great and, and Rome. And, and then there's ten toes that were an extension of the iron legs. And then, and then an Antichrist comes. And it says that in the days of these ten kings shall the Antichrist come. And then there's a stone, not cut with, with hands, not man-made. It comes, it crushes the, the man-made governments, grinds into powder, and says, and there's no end to that kingdom. We'll know when that kingdom comes because there'll never be an end to it. But every man kingdom will have an ending. And so that's what we're looking at here. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. This is why it's so important. There's a battle for dominion. Once his kingdom starts, then all opposition is put down uh, thoroughly and finally and completely. And so this is why I, I think it's so important for us to study this. Because, you see, I think what's going on, we're, we're watching this whole process of uh, the world struggling for dominion. Who, who's going who's gonna to be the, the one who gets dominion? Satan wants it. And you see, often what happens, man tries to get dominion, and there's going to come a time when it's going to go beyond the control of man, and he's going to have to have the power of Satan to try to gain it. And Satan's already a defeated foe. We'll see all this as we continue our study. Some of the unique features of this, the, the book is written, the human instrument is John, and yet he's the main character in the story. It's kind of unusual when you realize that John was this instrument. He's the, he's the human writer. It's inspired by God. God really wrote the book, but he used the hand of, of John to pen the book. And so keep that in mind that he's one of the main participants in the story. And then in chapter 10, uh, and let's, let's take a look at that because we're going to come back. Because, I again, I think if you understand what takes place here, what you're going to do is you're going to understand the importance of the tribulation. You're going to understand the timing of the tribulation. 
and you're going to understand what's taking place in, in the world around us, current events. I think it comes from understanding this chapters 10 through through 14. Isn't it amazing that that very few people study the book of Revelation and among those who do, so often this section is left out. Chapter 11 is going to be the coming of the, of the two messengers. Chapter 12, there's going to be the casting down of the menace. And 13, there's going to be the countdown for the man of sin. So each of those I have a seed. The, the crowning of the Messiah, the coming of the messengers, the casting down of the menace, and finally the countdown for the man of sin. Then we're going to solve this mystery and we're going to identify some characters. Number one, chapter 10, who is the angel? And, and why does he lift up his hand? Chapter 11, who are the witnesses and, and what's their message? The, the message is important. Chapter 12, who's the woman? Who's the child? Who's the dragon? And chapter 13, who's the first beast? Chapter 13, verse 1. And who's the second beast? Chapter 13, verse 11. So solving the mysteries, we're going to ask who is in chapters 10 through 14. Here's the, here's the situation. Here's the background for this important chapter. You see, in chapters 6 through 9, the seals have been broken. And one by one, as those seals are broken, the judgment of the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. Why? Because they, they denied Christ as their Savior. And, and so now the, the judgment comes. Romans chapter 1 talks about how that, that God turned them over to their own, uh, their own vile affections. They, they changed the image of God uh, into their own liking. They, they worshiped creation more than they did the Creator. They, they left the natural use of man and natural use of woman and invented their own. We're watching that take place. And, and it's, it's just unbelievable that, that these things could be taking place in our lifetime because this is what God said would happen. And the result is, he said, I'm going to have to bring my wrath and my judgment upon these people. And so this is in chapter 6 through 9. And about that time when, when the world says, you know what, they get their eyes off of Jesus They've ruled him out as a factor. You see, this Antichrist that comes, that's revealed at the beginning of chapter 6, and he's going to be judged by chapter 19. So this is his great time of freedom between 6 and 19. And so this Antichrist is going to be so exciting. He's going to, he's going to do miracles. He's going to make all kinds of promises. His speech is going to be entertaining. He's, he's, wow, he's, going to, he's even going to deceive the, the, the Jews into setting down their weapons. They've forgotten all about the one who was crucified. They've forgotten all about the one who died on the cross and rose again. And this chapter is going to bring it right back to, to reality. And so this, I think, is where he really begins the idea of revealing who Christ is. This is the pivotal chapter. And like I say, isn't it amazing that it's so often it's left out? It's going to talk about who he is. It's going to talk about what his plan is. It's going to talk about what his power is. And next, what his presence is to make the kingdom of God there. So you see, in terms of studying this, this is an exciting chapter. I, I, I just wish you could be as excited as I am about this study because I, I really think that so often the, the clarity of it is, uh, is based on, on these things. And so that's why we want to do it. Before we get into a verse by verse on chapter 10, though, I want to do just a quick review of this whole section, because you see chapter 10, we have the strong angel and we're going to talk about, OK, who he is. And, and I'm going to tell you ahead of time, it's like a teacher 
telling the answer ahead of time. It's Jesus Christ. And I'm going to try to prove it to you. And then we go to chapter 11. And this is the coming of the two witnesses. And, and we're going to find out why do we know? Why is this so important? How does this link back to the Old Testament? Because it's in this chapter that we start the midpoint of the tribulation. We're going to see the great opposition by the Antichrist to, to these two witnesses. And we're going to see how it's tied to, to Judaism and to Israel. And that's why there's such a conflict going on right now. That's why we had to break our first study, because the conflict that's taking place in Israel is exactly what the Bible said would be in the last days. We watch it take place. We watch the, the rockets fly. We, we watch the, the world bolster against Israel, even in spite of all the, the damage that people have done with rockets to them. And then we go to chapter 12. And John's going to see a war in heaven. What a place for a war. And there's going to be a great dragon. It's going to talk about Israel's past. It's going to talk about their present. It's going to talk about the, this continuing battle. Because you see, Satan is so mad at Israel. Why? Because you see, when Satan fell, when God had Adam and Eve in the garden, when, and he gave them dominion over the garden, over the earth, the devil was mad. He wanted dominion. See, he wanted, he wanted position in heaven. He wanted to worship in heaven. He didn't get it. And, and when he tried to exalt himself equal with God, not above God, but equal with God, he was thrown down. And when he was thrown down, he came to earth. He's so mad. He's so angry. And then for God to give the earth, dominion of the earth, to Adam and Eve and say, have dominion over the animals, have dominion over the earth. Satan said, I want that. So now he has Adam and Eve sin. Why? Because it would break the fellowship that they had with God, thinking that maybe I'll get dominion that way. And so he hates Israel. He hates the plan of God because the plan of God, even when he, when he had Adam and Eve fall with sin, God promised a redeemer. And we're going to see how this ties in to, to chapter 12. Chapter 13, John sees the Antichrist and the false prophet. Why? Because these are people, these are beings that Satan says, maybe I can get dominion through them. This Antichrist is going to be a, a bright man. I think he's alive today. I, I'm not even going to try to guess who it is. That, that's not my, my point in doing this. I think there's always been candidates. We read in, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul said, there's many Antichrists who already work. But they're going to come, they're going to double-cross Israel. They're going to deceive the whole world. They're going to be set themselves up to worship, I think, right in the Temple Mount. Chapter 13 describes that. We, we want to look at that. And again, you're going to understand current events so well. Chapter 14. Huh. It's the doom of those that receive the mark of the beast. It's, a, it's going to be a vision of, of Armageddon. You know, I get so many questions asked to me about the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is real. Is it going to be electronic? Could be. Is it going to be a tattoo? Could be. Uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of forms. We don't know exactly the form of it, and there might be more than one. But we know this, that just as a person today receives Christ as their personal Savior, in the same way, the Antichrist is going to have you receive him as a Savior. Let me tell you this, that no Christian on this side of the rapture can take the mark of the beast. Everyone who takes the mark of the beast will be doomed. We're going to see that in, in Revelation chapter 14. The Bible is very clear about that. And so relax. I have people that are concerned because sometimes they have a chip that's embedded in them by the military or by, by their em, employer. No, that, that's, not, that's not the mark of the beast. There will be a time 
but it will take place in the tribulation after the church is gone. Revelation chapter four, verse one. After Satan has his man, the Antichrist come to power. Revelation chapter six, verse one. Revelation 13, he says, now it's required. And that's where that mark will be. We're going to see in Revelation 14, the doom of those and, and how Armageddon comes into play. And so you see how incredible this whole thing is. Now, if you go back to Revelation chapter 12, we're going to find out that one of the important things is to understand that this is a, a prophecy about Israel. And I say that because, you see, I, I read other commentaries and, and I see so many false interpretations of this. There are some people who say that, that this is the Virgin Mary. My goodness. No. You, there is a place for Mary in, in chapter 12, but, but it has to do with the, the nation of Israel. Why? Because, you see, it talks about the, the fact that, that this woman has, uh, it says, she's clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown with 12 stars. Those are the 12 tribes. And she, being with child, cried, travailed in birth, and pain to be delivered. And, and so that's why I say it's got to be Israel. Furthermore, it talks about the fact that she's going to flee to the wilderness and she's going to hide for a certain number of days. Mary and Joseph did not flee to the wilderness. They went clearly, the Bible says, they went to Egypt. Next, they weren't there for three and a half years. And so, so it doesn't match. But I want you to understand that he's talking about Israel. You see, all along, Satan has hated the plan of God. And now he's going to take it out on Israel because Israel is the one through which the Messiah came, the Redeemer came for, for the sin of mankind to be forgiven. It came through the nation of Israel. And so that will be revealed to us in, in Revelation chapter 12. Jewish. How do we know it's Jewish? Well, to find that out, we, we went back to, to Zechariah chapter 4. And remember, we saw an incredible scene because there's a series of visions that Zechariah had. They're not dreams. Dreams is when you're asleep, but these are, the Bible clearly says they're visions. He was awake. And one of the visions, he sees candlesticks and two witnesses. We're going to talk a lot about two witnesses. Matter of fact, we're going to do a whole study because how many times does the Bible mention two witnesses? Let, let me just give you a little sample of that. There were two witnesses at the tomb when Jesus rose from the dead. There were two witnesses that watched him go from the Mount of Olives into heaven. And so it says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. And so think about the fact that there's been hundreds of, of martyrs through the years, and these two witnesses are going to be also martyrs, but they're going to witness that, you see, to be a witness, you've got to be an eyewitness. You know, you, you can't hear a rumor. I think these people have, have witnessed something really important. And how do we know they're Jewish? Well, we go back to Zechariah chapter 4, and he talks about two witnesses, and he talks about an olive tree that fills the, the lampstand, the menorah. And just to make sure you understand that that's Jewish completely, well, take a look at this important symbol. It's on the back of coins. Yeah, no other country has not just a menorah, but notice on the, on the back of this coin, it has the olive branches, the olive tree on both sides. It's, it's a symbol that's so important. It's actually a, like the presidential seal for the president of, of Israel. You, you can't mistake it. It can't be any other nation. It's on their stamps. It's on their passports. I mean, this is, this is wonderful because it clearly connects it to Israel. And so 
That's why I think it's important for us to go back and to take this piece by piece and understand the whole thing. Bible truth and prophecy, that's, that's our point. Our point is to, to show that what we're watching today is the plan that God established and he established it, he wrote it down in his word and he makes it so that we have a, a chance to study this. Now, I want to go, as we look at this battle for dominion, I want to go back now to, to chapter 10 of Revelation. And that's where we're going to begin a more detailed study. This is kind of a, a background. And uh, wow, I, I, love, um, I, I love looking at all these things, and I hope you will too. And so when we come to, to chapter 10, verse 1, we already have a number of judgments that are completed. Matter of fact, we're really between the sixth and seventh trumpet. So that means seven seals have come. Six trumpets have come. So, so we're at 13, and, and we're soon going to be two-thirds of the way through when we, when we complete this chapter, two-thirds of the way through the judgment. But, but let's take a look at it because it says this, And I saw another mighty angel come. Already several mighty angels have been released, and, and they brought different kinds of announcements. Sometimes they brought different kinds of judgments. But when you come to this one, uh, he says, A mighty angel comes, and, and then... To, to really understand the, the point of it, he says this. He's dressed in a certain way. He's dressed with a cloud. I, w I wonder who wears a cloud. You know what? There's been other occasions when we, we find that a cloud was used as clothes. I, I don't wear a cloud. I don't know. I, I'm going to meet Jesus in the clouds. But normally I wear a suit or a suit coat or a shirt. But this person is dressed in a cloud. What an unusual way to dress. Here's what I like about it. It clearly marks who it's going to be. Next, it says there's a rainbow over his head. His face shined as the sun, and his feet are described as, as being as brilliant as, as pillars of fire. You see, that unique uh, description is going to make it so that we'll be able to figure out exactly who this is. Well, I want to look at the fact that there are three woes. This is chapter 8, verse 13. And we're going to talk about these woes, and we're going to get into this whole study. As normal, whenever I, I study the Bible, whenever I, I start talking about prophecy, it seems like it always goes quicker than, than I imagine. Because I really think this is going to allow you to understand what's taking place in terms of current events. The point of Bible truth and prophecy is to understand the Word of God. And we do that in the light of current events. I thank you for allowing us to come into your home on a daily basis and proclaim to you the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word, revealing who Jesus is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. He's my Savior. I hope He's yours. If not, today would be a good day to receive Him. Thank you for joining me. The current events taking place in the world parallel those mentioned in the Bible as taking place in the last days. In Rob Linstead's book, Can You Really Know Your Future?, it correlates current events with what the Bible has clearly stated for hundreds of years. This book could change your life now and change your future for eternity. Order Can You Really Know Your Future today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Can You Really Know Your Future? by Rob Linstead. 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, Titus Kennedy will affirm the authenticity of the Bible with the latest archaeological finds from the land of the Bible. 
Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.